Hello everyone, my name is Sergio Arguello and along with my wife Kristen, we lead the Riverside Church. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you've enjoyed our series uh, thus far for the last four weeks. This will be week number four on peace under pressure. Now today we're going to cover Philippians chapter four and we're going to talk about how to achieve joy and peace from situational depression or anxiety. It's something that's also referred to as adjustment disorder. And this is something that we're all going to experience at one time or another due to some drastic changes in our life. Right now we're going through some major adjustment where we're trying to figure out how to live life uh, a bit isolated from all of our friends, from our jobs, from school, from church. And these things definitely have had an impact on our emotional well-being or our emotional state. Most of us are going through some kind of trial uh, maybe some inner turmoil, and I want you to let I want to let you know that you are not alone. Uh, we are in this together, but we want to be able to address that from a biblical perspective, and that's why we're going to teach from Philippians chapter four today to hopefully bring about uh, you know some some resolution to some of that or a way of getting some help uh, through that from a biblical perspective. So the title of today is Peace That Transcends understanding. As Jesus was getting ready to leave his disciples in uh, John chapter 16, he let them know that they were going to go through some turmoil uh, in their inner self, that they were going to feel some things emotionally, uh, that they were going to struggle a little bit, and he told them some things ahead of time, so hopefully that they could find some peace. And so John 16:33 says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Isn't that so very true for us? But then he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus is letting them know, hey guys, I want you to have peace. I've overcome the world. I'm, I'm going to leave you, but I've overcome all this and you will too. Just understand that you're going to have trouble, but you'll be able to overcome through me. And hopefully that speaks to us in a great way. Hopefully that calms us, that brings us a sense of peace. In the book of Philippians, more than any book of the Bible, the word or the derivative of the word joy is used 15 times, more than any other book in the New Testament. And Paul uses that for a reason. In chapter 1, we see that he expresses his love and how much he misses the brotherhood uh, to the church in Philippi, that he finds himself in prison, yet he's able to have a sense of joy in his heart, not because of his situation, obviously, but despite his situation, he was able to find joy in God because he was about his purpose. He fully embraced the purpose that God gave him, the mission that God gave him, the calling that he received to be able to reach as many as possible for the purpose of winning souls. And so he's able to find joy in God. In chapter 2, he addresses the disciples and he encourages them to stay humble and to take on the very hearts of servants, just like Jesus did, to imitate that humility so that they could find joy in God. He then addresses uh, the fact that, hey, some of you are grumbling and complaining, so don't do that, but actually serve one another in love without any kind of grumbling or complaining. Find joy in a state 
of servanthood, of serving one another, of serving those around you. Chapter 3, there are some brothers, actually uh, false teachers that come in that had become disciples that start teaching that circumcision is necessary for salvation. And Paul refutes that through the letter uh, to the Philippians. But there were some chaos, there were some feelings that developed among the brothers because of this. You could imagine uh, what happened there. And so he refutes that and says, hey, no amount of religious practices or of serving the law are going to lead to you being saved, but only a genuine and close walk with Jesus. All that other stuff, it's just garbage. And by the way, guys, I don't want you guys freaking out. You are citizens of heaven. There is a place that is waiting for you that God has reserved for you in heaven. That That's amazing. And I think that that brought them a real sense of peace despite all the turmoil that was going on. And then in chapter 4, we catch up and we're going to read starting in verse 1 and we're going to see another situation that they're going through uh, that's more relational in nature, but that I guarantee you brought about some feelings for them. So in verse 1, uh, Philippians chapter 4, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have seen or learned or received or heard from me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So in Philippians chapter 4, right there at the beginning, we see that there's even some conflict going on with two sisters. Yodia and Syntyche are at odds with one another. So there, there are some situations, you know, again, the false teachers, false imprisonment, uh, brothers kind of complaining and, and having a hard time uh, being humble and serving, that all these things, all these issues are causing a situational type of anxiety, maybe some other feelings, maybe some depression uh, for these people. You know, their their leader is in jail, and Paul was in jail for four years. So how did these guys find peace through all of this? How did they tap into joy, the joy that it's talking about in the scripture, the peace that it's talking about in the scripture, with all this stuff going on? And the same question I think it's something that we should ask ourselves. How do we find peace? This peace that transcends understanding. This joy in the Lord during times such as this, during this pandemic. And point number one, I want to start addressing that. You find joy and peace through connection. In verse four, let's read that again. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. You know, Paul says this word over and over and over again. And what he's trying to teach the 
Philippians is that joy is not found in our current situation. Whatever may be going on, you're not going to find joy in that because situations are just temporary. They're, they're fleeting. So it's, you know, whatever it is that we're going through now, someday it's going to be different. You know, maybe two months from now, maybe a year from now. Who knows? Maybe the situation won't really change for the best. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what our new normal is going to be even after this pandemic. But Paul is saying, rejoice not in your circumstances, but rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in your relationship with Him. This is a major key in being able to find the peace that God wants us to find inside our very self. Connectedness with Jesus, connectedness with God, is going to help us to find the joy that it's talking about in this scripture. The future is so uncertain. Our situations are very uncertain. Our life are uncertain. But the only way you're going to find joy, the only way I'm going to find joy, is through a thorough and genuine and honest connection with God. You know, chapter 3 talks about that. Everything else is garbage. Everything else is worthless. But a connection with the Lord is what's going to help you to find joy. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it reads there, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, Paul addresses the church here in, in, uh, in Romans. Uh, he addresses the Roman church, and he lets them know that, hey, stop thinking like the world. You don't want to conform to that pattern, but you want to be able to transform your mind by renewing it, by thinking in a totally different fashion so that you align yourself with God's will. You want to be so connected with God that you have a total mind change, that no situation will rock you. You will be so connected with Him that it's all about doing His will. And that's how Paul was able to find joy, even through his incarceration. Later on in the scripture there in Romans chapter 12, right after verse 2, the scripture talks about, it goes on to say that, you know, we are, we are part of one family, that there is a social part of this, a social connection that we need to have with one another. That's also going to help us. And how does that help us? I really believe that our connection with one another doesn't just help us spiritually, but it helps us emotionally and mentally because of our close walk with God. And I want to address that here in the next verse. Verse 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Our relationship with God being a genuine one, being a close one with Him, us being connected vertically with Him is going to lead us to having great relationships horizontally within the church and even outside of the church. It's going to lead us to having a gentle and kind spirit. And in a way, he's addressing the situation that's going on with Syntyche and Yodia. And I think some of what we saw in chapter 2 where Paul is calling the brothers and sisters to be humble and to consider others better than themselves. He's saying, guys, 
I want you to be peaceable. I want you to be slow to anger, slow to be argumentative, to be completely kind, to not be quarrelsome, to not be vengeful in our relationships with each other. What we ought to have is an obvious gentleness to them. What does this bring about for us when we are connected to our brothers and sisters and other people this way? It brings about a sense of calm, of serenity, and of peace. If we're able to find our joy in the Lord, a byproduct of joy in the Lord and being connected with Him in a good relationship is going to be peaceful and gentle relationships within the fellowship. You know, relationships that are not contentious. Paul wants the church to be seen as gentle and kind. Not just you know, within the church, but also outside of the church, that it really preaches loudly to other people. As, you know, the scriptures talk about in John chapter 13, 34 and 35, that by our love, people will recognize that we are his disciples. But when we are contentious, when we get to a bad place spiritually, when we're not connected with God, it leads us to all sorts of relational issues and bad relational dynamics where it creates separation emotionally, where we start arguing about silly stuff, right? I, I believe this very strongly, you know, I'm a, I'm a mask wearer. Well, I'm not a mask wearer. And all these different things that start affecting us, stances that we start taking that we have no business taking, and it happens because we're not walking closely with the Lord. We end up valuing our opinions more than we value our relationships. Have you noticed that? I mean, we even post stuff on Facebook because we're angry or we're bothered. And instead of showing our gentleness, our gentleness being evident to all, our gentleness is not evident at all. Because we value our opinions as Americans more than valuing our relationship with the Lord and finding joy in it and having a gentleness that's evident to all within the fellowship and even outside. I want to encourage us to value our relationship with God, our connectedness with Him, and value our connectedness in peace and gentleness with our brothers and sisters more than any right that you may feel you have in this world. I want us to be like Jesus who was welcoming and inclusive. And I know this is so, so, so countercultural. You know, we value our strong opinions. I want us to not value those so much, but value our relationships so much more with that, first with God, and then with our brothers and sisters. Point number two, trust God's sovereignty. The next part here, I'm just going to cover a portion of a verse, and that is the last part of verse 5, where it says, the Lord is near. So I want to read verse 5 again. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all, and then there's a period. And it's almost like that period says, because. So let's let's do that. Let, let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. You know, the only way that we could be gentle 
that we could express that gentleness is one through our connection with God, but understanding that the Lord is near. This is going to allow us to have the peace and relationships that we ought to have. Paul is saying to the church, church, it won't be long. Jesus is coming back soon, and he's going to be coming back to take us home with him, take us home to heaven. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's exciting to me. I hope that it is to you as well. Heaven is right around the corner. And for those who have brought us trouble, for all the evildoers, for those that are corrupt, for the killers, for the, for the murderers, for all of those that are liars and manipulators, for those that are greedy, all those that have taken advantage in this world, there's going to be judgment. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has a place for us in heaven? Do you believe that God is in control and he's going to deal with all the evil in this world? And I ask you that, and I think that this is a good point that Paul is making here because it could cause us a great deal of inner turmoil, of anxiety, and we could get depressed about this, you know, because in our situation now, we see so much evil. We see so much dissension. We see so much uh, division in this world, even racially. You know, I know that as a Latino man, a, a person of color, I have so many feelings about those that are disenfranchised, those that have mental health issues, uh, when I see also people of color mistreated, killed, you know, gunned down on the street, people videotaping, and there doesn't seem to be anybody that cares very much, whether they're in positions of authority or sometimes those that are actually doing the harming or the killing. It, it troubles my heart. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm infuriated. Sometimes I get very discouraged. Sometimes I just get anxious. And I say, what is going on in our world? And I know that you as disciples have got to be feeling the same thing. Because as disciples of Jesus, we're very empathic. You know, we feel incredibly towards people that are going through a time of suffering and trial. We look at these things on the news and they bother our hearts. They stir our hearts in so many ways. We want justice for these individuals. You know, we want to be able to do something about it. And then we end up being people that feel like we are the ones that ought to implement justice in these situations. Or we fight for somebody to implement justice in them. And now we have every right as Americans to be able to protest, to be able to petition, and hopefully Justice is served in these situations, hopefully in some at least. But I tell you what, we live in a fallen world where there's injustice all over. Not just in the United States, but I come from Nicaragua, a war-torn place. I came here during the Civil War and I saw some horrific things. My mom experienced some terrible things along with my sister while there. I came here applying for refugee status. And coming to the United States, I thought, I'm getting away from all injustice. But then there's, in, there's injustice here. We see so much suffering. And this is really deep for me because as a Latino man, I feel for people that are treated unjustly. You know, it, it bothers me to the core. But the question to you and to me is, do we really trust that God 
is in control. Paul says, church, the Lord is near. I know I have feelings. I know you have feelings. You know, I know that there's a lot of injustice in this world. But we need to trust that the Lord is near. And here's one thing that I'm going to add. Inside every single one of us, there's prejudice that exists. Inside every single one of us, there's hatred that could exist in our sinful nature. Inside every single one of us, there's a rebellious spirit that often wants to rebel towards authority and not respect people in positions of authority. The authorities are not all good. The authorities are not all bad. Human beings are not all good, and they're not all bad. You know, even within us, there's not just evil that exists, but there's good in there as well. There's, you know, there's, there's different extremes to us all. And I want us to not judge each other, but to reserve judgment for God. I want us to live in a state of peace with one another, trusting that God is in control. Jesus is coming, and he is going to fix all of this. We can only truly experience peace from all the pressures that this world puts on us if we truly believe that the Lord is near and that he is in control. Paul was able to do that. Whatever the situation, he addresses this in uh, Philippians 4 and verses 11 through 13. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And then he goes into why. He says, because it's the Lord that gives me strength. I'm able to do this because God strengthens me. This doesn't just come from within me. I'm not just able to white knuckle it and say, I'm going to get through this time. I'm going to power through it but he's able to rely on his relationship with God. Going to God, he's able to get that peace that he needs. He's able to find that joy, that trust that he so desperately needed because he was mistreated. He saw his brothers and sisters not just mistreated, but also martyred and killed. He saw their families killed, and yet he was able to stay grounded spiritually. Point number three, let's look at some practices that lead to peace so we could have some of that, so we could tap into some of that too. It goes on to say in verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul is addressing anxiety here to the church, this, this worry or deep concern that is sinful in nature. Not, not all anxiety is bad, and I'll cover that another day, but he's talking about an anxiety or worry uh, that is going to lead us to a place of discontentment or where we lack trust that God is going to take care of us, where he's going to meet are every need. And I'm not talking about every want. You know, right now, perhaps you want something specific to eat and they don't have your brand or they ran out at the market 
God is not going to get you your perfect cereal, you know, your Lucky Charms or whatever it is that you want, or your favorite brand of toilet paper. That's not what it's talking about. And then you're going to have this peace. But it's talking about God basically meeting our needs emotionally and spiritually, whatever's going on in our hearts. And I'm not talking that, again, that he's going to resolve your situation. But through prayer, because God cares for us, and in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, it addresses this. It says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Acknowledging, you know, that God cares for us. Going to him in prayer and then doing it in a certain fashion with thanksgiving, with gratitude in our hearts, presenting our requests to Him. Whatever it is that's troubling you, whatever situation it is that you're experiencing that you feel that you can't handle, going to Him in prayer with gratitude is going to help you. And I'll, and I'll cover the reason why there. But when we come to God, we should not come with a complaining and whining attitude, an arrogance as if, he is our employer who owes us pay for the last two weeks. You know, that, that that's an arrogant attitude. Have you ever noticed somebody complaining? Maybe a child. Get to a point after complaining for so long where they're just happy. Man, I've complained so much that I'm just fired up now. You know, I'm so happy because I've been complaining for a half an hour. You know, I've been grumbling and yelling and screaming... I'm all screamed out, and I feel great. It, it just doesn't happen. God wants us to go to Him. And it's not like He can't handle our complaining and whining and tantrums, but God wants us to go to Him in a certain mood, in, with a certain vibe for our well-being. I know that when I go to God with a grateful heart, you know, one that's fully surrendered, going to Him and being able to say, God... I know you love me. I know that you are good. And I want to be able to get to a place of surrender. You know, a place of serenity and trust. Where I know you hear me, Lord. God, please help me with my current situation. You know, I've lost my job. Or I haven't seen my family and friends in a long time. And I feel alone. You know, I feel abandoned, I feel lonely, I feel needy. God, please help me because I'm sick. I'm going through a very trying time with this illness. You know, God is able to bring us to a place of peace and serenity and calm when we go to Him that way. Not only does He hear us, but we're able to get to this place that is talking about in verse 7 where we're able to experience the peace of God. And then it goes on to say, which transcends all understanding. This is not talking about a place that we get to in a magical way. Like, wow, I don't even understand what really happened now, but I feel peace. Though we may experience it that way, that's not what the scripture's talking about. What the scripture's talking about here is getting to a place of peace, that God is going to take us there. If we come to him in prayer with gratitude, he's going to help us to get there like no other way. 
like no other thing can help us to get there in terms of intellectually. We cannot solve these situations in our mind by thinking through them. Some of these situations have no resolution. So, you know, as you think about it, it's the peace of God that transcends all intellect. We often think that we could resolve every situation that we face and that little hamster starts spinning in our head. How could I resolve this problem? How could I resolve this situation? I tell you what, you're going to hit some walls right now because we don't have all the answers. Even people in power, politicians and doctors, they don't have all the answers. They think they do. And we've been going kind of back and forth, you know, being rocked here and there because people don't have the answers. So where do our peace, where does our peace come from? Our peace can only come from the Lord, from God. And guess what? It transcends all intellect. It transcends everything that anybody could ever come up with and know. This peace of God internally, we're only going to be able to get through a relationship with Him through prayer. And then an outcome or a byproduct of that, like I shared about earlier, in terms of having peaceful relationships. You know, relationships that bring about great calm in us and great joy in us. In the fellowship, they're only going to come as a byproduct of our close relationship with God. If we're freaking out all over the place, if we're just deeply depressed and saddened, we're going to be at odds with one another. We're not going to be able to connect the way we are. See, what Satan wants to do is throw us into confusion. What Satan wants to do is cause all sorts of chaos, even by the decisions that are being made by our politicians and people in power. It, you know, Satan wants to use those to divide us, and they, they often do, as I mentioned earlier. But let's not let that be the case. Let's try to achieve that peace of God which guards us from anxiety and worry that is negative. Let's do this because we wish to be in sync, not only with God, but we wish to be in sync with our brothers and sisters. That's peace beyond what any thought or intellect could bring about. I want to have peace in my heart. I hope you do too. And I want to go through a list of things that Paul uh, mentions in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. But before that, I do want to mention if you are suffering from uh, more of a clinical anxiety or depression or PTSD or any other mental health issue, I want to encourage you to get the help that you need. If, if perhaps your anxiety or depression is a lot more severe, you know, and you feel like, man, there's, I've done everything. I've tried to pray to God. I've tried to connect with my brothers and sisters. I've tried to put all this stuff aside, and, and I just can't stop being anxious and depressed. Get some help professionally. You know, I know that if I had a broken bone or something physically was going on with me, and I could not deal with it, I'm going to go get some help. And people are going to advise me, go get some medical help for that. It's okay to be able to see a psychologist or a therapist or a psychiatrist or a medical doctor for whatever is going on with you. 
And we should help one another, be advocates for each other if we're struggling to that degree and get the help that you need. You know, I know that there's been a stigma attached to uh, people that have suffered from mental health issues. And I want to let you know, you know, we, we love you and we're praying for you. If you're going through times uh, of, of severe uh, anxiety and depression, I want you to go get the help that you need. And I want to be your biggest advocate. And I want to encourage the brothers and sisters to be that as well for those that are suffering that way. In Philippians 4 verses 8 through 9, Paul finishes off there and he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is going through a checklist of things, uh, of practices that bring about peace for disciples. And he addresses them, and every single one of them is very positive. You know, as he goes through them, he says, meditate on them, think about these things. But then he also says, look at my example and how, how I practice this in my life and imitate that. These are not just things that are passive in nature that we just think or meditate about. Though meditation uh, and thinking about positive things is great, and I want to encourage you to practice that, but he says, actually live them out. You know, the more good that we do, the more that we focus on living righteous life and, and doing good to our neighbors and our family and our friends and within the church, the better place that we could get to emotionally, emotionally mentally, and spiritually and so he gives them those things almost as tools to be able to get to a good place emotionally and spiritually uh, if you know me very well at all you know that i have some severe food allergies and sensitivities to where if i take stuff in that i'm not supposed to you know it'll happen accidentally sometimes some, sometimes somebody or a restaurant will mix something in that I react to. And sometimes I'll get sick up to four to seven days. I'll be extremely sick with chest pain, stomach ache, heart palpitations. There's been times where I've had uh, things that cost me uh, an anaphylactic type reaction. And I'll have to go into the ER uh, and they'll have to use epinephrine on me or some kind of, uh, some kind of steroid to calm down the, my body's reaction to whatever it is that I ingest. And there's been times where I've been hospitalized for this, I have some major serious toxic reactions to these things. Just like I have these reactions, we as Christians have reactions to negative things that the world kind of brings into our life or that we ingest, that we allow into our souls, into our hearts, into our minds that affect us in a great way. And what Paul is saying here is, hey, avoid all that junk, but Bring in the good. Out with the bad, in with the good. And so practice these things, and they're going to get you to a place where you are able to find peace in God, and the peace of God, it says, will be with us. I also want to give you some tools that are extra biblical for you to be able to practice. And some of these you will find in the Bible as well. Number one, eat right. You know, proper diet and nutrition are key to us feeling great. Sleep right. Make sure that you're getting at least seven to eight hours. Some people need a little more than that. Some people need a little less. 
Good sleep hygiene is essential for our emotional state. We got to get some rest. Now make sure that you also exercise. Move that body. You know, get out there and walk. You don't have to jog. You don't have to run, but make sure that you're moving around for at least 20 to 30 minutes a day, doing some meditation, some breathing exercises, things that get your endorphins going, things that get your heart pumping. Also get a regular Sabbath day or Sabbath time where it's dedicated to resting in God and being with God. These times of spiritual renewal are so important. It might be a specific day of the week. It might be that every couple of months you take a day or two to just be alone with God and you disconnect from all your devices during that time and just connect with the Lord. Get regular times with your family. You know, once a week, get a couple of hours, get, get half a day with your family where you play games, where you read scriptures, where you, uh, you know, where you pray with one another, where you just talk about your weeks. It's healthy for the entire family. And again, during that time, put all electronics away. This one really speaks to me. Live in the present. You know, don't live in the past, whether you've had a lot of victories, experienced a lot of great things in the past, or maybe you have suffered a lot of traumatic events, you know, living in the past will only bring expectations to your present, to your here and now that bring about depression or maybe unrealistic expectations of how to be able to live now. You're not going to be functioning as a 20-year-old when you're 50. And you're not going to experience maybe perhaps some of the horrible things you experienced in your past right now as a disciple. we got to be able to leave a lot of those things in the past. Hopefully we've learned from that, but leave them in the past. Live in the here and now. Enjoy the journey. You know, some of us are trying to live in the present. We just can't wait to get to the this specific point in time. Ooh, when I get this promotion, or when I graduate from college, or when I get married, or when I start dating, when I get to this place, then I'll be happy. And what happens is we don't enjoy the here and now. We don't enjoy the journey, or maybe we're people that catastrophize. We're looking into the future and we see every possible worst outcome that could happen. And we start having all sorts of anxiety. I know for me, I need to live in the present, in the here now, and enjoy the journey. You know, even during this pandemic, enjoy this time with your family. Enjoy this time with your friends. And maybe enjoy the little extra rest or the lot of extra rest that you're getting now. Have you noticed that this time has been a time where there has been a lot of people that have been reached via Facebook uh, Live through our services or YouTube, uh, you know, just evangelism online. A lot of people have been getting baptized and restored. You know, that, that's, that's an amazing thing. And lastly, I want to leave you with this. Therapy is not a four-letter word. Therapy is a good thing. Get some when you need it. You know, if you feel like you want some therapy, get it. We all need it at different times in our life. Many of us have gone through traumatic experiences, you know, different life crises, and maybe you're just struggling with depression and anxiety and you want some extra help. Go and get therapy. It is a good thing. Hopefully, this message has helped you from Philippians 4. That's peace that transcends all understanding. You know, all of this would be completely impossible. This, this state of peace and joy that Paul is talking about 
would be impossible to reach without Jesus dying for us on the cross. Jesus died for us so that we could experience joy and peace in our walk with him. That we could experience that in the fellowship through our relationships that we share. Let's go ahead at this time and pray for the communion and thank God for sending Jesus to die for us that we may experience him fully. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, that we may experience a joy and a peace that transcends all human logic, all understanding. Thank you, God, that you have chosen us out of this world to be your people. We are grateful, and Father, we want to be people that live with the deep joy and peace about us because we're connected to you because we understand that our citizenship is in heaven and not in this world i pray that whatever the situation may be father that we're able to find joy because we are connected to you not because of the situation i pray that like paul we're able to find joy in our purpose and that we're able to be uh, completely gentle with our brothers and sisters just like Jesus was that he was welcoming inviting inclusive in every way help us to not be divided because of Satan and his attacks I pray Lord that we're able to trust that you are completely in control that you are near and that all the injustices in this world you are going to deal with those that you have a place reserved for us in heaven. Help us to be righteous people that trust in you every step of the way. Thank you again for your son Jesus and for the sacrifice that he made that we may be disciples of his. It's in his name that we pray.